Okay. We're going to be starting this at officially, uh, looks like at the 28 minute mark ish, which we'll need to know. And uh, welcome, folks. Uh, this is season 25, episode one. What is the difference between camaraderie and co uh, compatibility? And uh, I've been waiting to do this lecture series for a while. It's uh, something that I think really needs to help people uh, understand the definition between what compatibility is and what uh, camaraderie is. And season 25 is known as the cognitive asynchronicity uh, series. So we're going to be talking about cognitive asynchronicity. And cognitive synchronicity is what we were talking about back in the season five playlist here on this YouTube channel. It's been pretty fantastic, uh, but uh, why? Well, it, it explains some of the basics. And we're actually going to do a quick little review here of cognitive synchronicity uh, to that end um, so that you can kind of get an idea. This is season 25, episode one uh, and then cognitive introduction to cognitive okay let's not do that asynchronicity okay cool uh, and then the episode for this title is what is the difference What is the difference uh, between, and we're going to do rainbow compatibility. And, uh, and then uh, camaraderie. Awesome. Getting some color in there, guys. Hey. You masochistic animal, you. What are you doing? Looking all regal at me. Stop. We might get lucky and she might jump on my uh, my chair here and sit on my armrest and just look menacingly through the camera. There's, there's a good chance of this. It could happen. So a little bit of review. So let's 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 uh, remind ourselves what cognitive synchronicity like actually is. So cognitive synchronicity is the fact that uh, an extroverted sensor is trying to eat or consume an introverted sensor, or a um, extroverted intuitive is trying to eat or consume an introverted intuitive. Uh, conversely, we have uh, uh, you know introverted feeling and introverted thinking, and they're all trying to be consumed by well, in introverted feeling is trying to be consumed by. Um, extroverted uh, feeling and then extroverted thinking is trying to get to uh, TI and TI is basically let's see here um, TI is logic right and then we have rationale rationale FE is ethics or guilt etc this is morals or also known as principles and this is uh, my past or the past. This is my future slash desire or what I want. Um, this is our future or desire. Um, and this is uh, our now. 
slash reality, basically. So these are cognitive functions, and this makes up compatibility right here, also known as uh, cognitive synchronicity. Um, which is ultimately back in rainbow mode, compatibility. So this is what compatibility is. And the idea is, is that the extroverted function is seeking the introverted uh, function. So that would basically mean that if you want to look at it, you know, a bit more abstractly here, these functions, we're going to use this black border, these functions right here, use a little arrow coming off this right here. Don't you love my arrow drawings, guys? Aren't they like the greatest thing in the world you've ever seen? So this arrow, and these represent source functions. Uh, and source functions uh, produce. That's the main thing that source functions do. They are all about production, right? Whereas these functions here, these functions and these functions are consumption functions. Uh, wow, it helps if I like actually spell. They're consumption functions. And obviously for consuming, etc. Source functions and uh, yeah, so consuming. And to make this a little bit more interesting, Consuming functions are related to the yin, the yin, etc., whereas source functions are related to the yang, or the yang. Okay, so let's do let's do one right here because we can. And yeah, okay, and uh, let's do a circle here. And a circle here. Actually, let's get a little more creative than that. Let's put some red in here for the yin. And then I'll put some red in here as well, basically. This is kind of how our cognitive functions uh, work. I am a Taoist, so I take uh, the Tao very seriously. And what that means basically, and you can kind of see how the Tao shows up in our cognitive functions, symbolically speaking, metaphysically speaking, etc. And this is done done in this way. So using a yin and yang uh, model, you can literally see how introverted functions are known as source functions and consumption functions are known as the extroverted functions, basically. And in you know, just from a, a basic uh, mechanic standpoint, which is we, we've discussed this heavily in um, in season 18 cognitive mechanics, you can understand that like you have the extroverted the extroverted functions seeking the introverted functions, and uh, sometimes the introverted functions like to receive you know from uh, uh, the uh, the extroverted functions, and it's kind of like this um, this 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 uh, different street about it. But what's also interesting is that you can go even further, and if you actually keep track of cognitive axis, so let's do some cognitive axis right here. So cognitive axis, these two turn on an axis at all times, right? 
and these also turn on an axis as well. That's kind of cool. And then, uh, but then if you want to look at it in a more interesting way, these two together are on an orbit. So that's orbit on that side. And then these two together right here are also on an orbit. It's kind of hard to keep track of all this, isn't it? You know, well, same thing for the other side. You have another axis here. You have another axis here, right? And then you have another orbit here for these functions. And then you have another orbit here for these functions. Whiteboard's starting to get pretty messy right now, folks. Uh, so source functions, they represent something that is firm, something that is objective. Those are the objective functions. Uh, so you can also make it so like for that in there, um, so moving to black ink, so these are objective functions because they are source functions, they are objective, whereas uh, consumption functions are subjective. Extroverted functions are all subjective, they are subjective functions. This is why the affiliative being known as like, hey, you know, you're gonna wanna do the right thing, that's very subjective. It's not like something that's actually real at all. Uh, whereas what a person maintains is morally correct, that's actually objective. What a person is experiencing themselves, that's objective. What a person wants themselves, that's objective. What a person knows to be true or false, that is objective. So source functions, also representing the yang, is objective. It is firm, it is solid. Whereas the yin is not firm, it is not solid, it's very pliable, it's very, um, it's like water, basically. It's not like the earth. You know, it's not it's not like introverted sensing, it's more of extroverted intuition, basically. And that's why it represents the yin. Extroverted functions are very subjective and very yin-oriented, right? They are more prone to entropy and to chaos, whereas the source functions are more prone to order, basically. And all human beings have a, a mixture of order versus a chaos at a, at a consistent time and a consistent basis, etc. And that's very important, uh, you know, to know, you know, as a result, right? So, um, anywho. So, uh, so understanding these interactions of these functions is really necessary at this point because if you don't know axis and you don't know orbit, you're going to have a really hard time understanding the difference between compatibility and camaraderie. So let's let's adjust the whiteboard here and kind of move this a little bit down. Uh, so, you know, once again, we have, you know, individual functions, SE trying to get after SI, and then you have NE trying to get after NI, and then you have um, FI and then TI on the opposite side. And uh, FE is trying to chase after FI, and TE is trying to change after uh, TI. And you know, again, this is why we have compatibility. This is what makes compatibility work. This is known as synchronicity. And they, uh, the cognitive functions synchronize, basically, cognitive synchronicity. They synchronize to be able to create harmony for the sake of a, um, a compatible relationship. But what is compatible relationships actually for? So compatibility equals uh, love and friendship, basically. Love and friendship. 
that's the whole point of cognitive compatibility. That's the whole point of cognitive synchronicity. It's all about love plus friendship. That's what it's for. So cognitively, because one human being can't make a, 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 you know, one human being can't do it all in their life. We're very limited cognitively. We need other people to be, you know, involved in our life, etc. And that's very important. It's very, very important. But cognitive synchronicity, aka compatibility, they're the same thing, is literally where our mind's ability or need, the need, to, the need for love, the need for friendship, the need for that really, really deep connection is satisfied as a result of cognitive synchronicity and compatibility. If you want to learn more about this subject, please make sure that you have uh, watched the Season 5 playlist uh, on this YouTube channel because this goes into further detail as to what uh, compatibility is all about. Now let's look at the other the other side of it. Let's look at camaraderie, right? Camaraderie is a little bit different. And I'm not going to go too in-depth on this because we're going to have subsequent lectures that's going to go look at it more. But camaraderie uh, equals something else. And it literally equals um, uh, mastery of learning, basically. Learning. Um, but uh, let's let's actually let's actually change that to something more appropriate. Let's do learning and growth. That's what camaraderie is all about. That's the whole point of camaraderie. So compatibility exists specifically for love and friendship, but camaraderie exists specifically for learning and growth. And oftentimes you see people who understand that, you know, hey, love and friendship, this is a very positive thing. This is awesome. You know, we got little hearts here. We got little pluses here. You know, this is, this is a really positively charged relationship. It's awesome. Learning and growth, however, it's a very negatively charged relationship, very negative, and it can actually be very painful. It is painful. Uh, it hurts, right? And uh, the reason why is because camaraderie leads to conflict. Conflict, conflict, conflict. But what does conflict give us? Well, conflict leads to suffering. And what does suffering give us? Well, it gives us wisdom. Wisdom. Now, if you remember in a previous live stream that I did, it's called the ultimate uh, study technique. If you want to become like a master of something, of like any type of subject or something that you're doing, etc., understanding that is, is super important. It's, it's very important because you get to a point in time where it's like, okay, hey, I need to learn something new. I need to grow in a certain way. I need to become a better man. I need to become, uh, you know, I need to make more money or I need to get my own place to live. I, a man's got to eat, right? So I need to pick up some skills, etc. All of these things are very important, but a lot of people don't know how to go about doing that, especially, you know, if you're a crusader type and you're struggling as an SFJ, NTP, crusader type, etc. You're having a really hard time. 
because at that at that point it's like well i can only learn through trial and error i don't have the extroverted sensing where i can learn from the mistakes of others i have introverted sensing so i can only learn from my mistakes and i don't have extroverted thinking to be able to back up uh you know my lack of awareness of other people's mistakes with research so i don't have the extroverted thinking and i don't have the um the extroverted sensing. So as a result of that, I can only learn from my own mistakes. I can only have a trial and error, which means uh, a crusader type has to fail every single possible way to fail at doing a certain task in order for them to master that task or to master that skill. They have to fail every way with that skill. And that's one of been that's been one of the biggest problems that I've had in my life on a consistent basis. Okay. Because, you know, from that standpoint, I've had to spend so much time trial and erring like through every little thing when I see other people doing the same thing and I can't learn from their failures. I can't learn from their mistakes. I can only learn from my failures, right? So which means my growth ends up, you know, all crusaders end up being late bloomers as a result. Crusaders really, really struggle in this area. They become late bloomers and each of them ends up being on this journey of becoming more uh, pragmatic more pragmatic uh in their in their life with the exception well the sfjs do whereas it's the other way around with the ntps they're learning to become more affiliative and that can be a problem which means you know learning and growth is pretty hard for crusaders learning and growth is hard for everybody i'm just using crusaders as an example but one of the main reasons why people really avoid uh, camaraderies because learning and growth is painful why well guess what folks there's this thing called you know when when you're considering like growing guess what anytime something grows you have growing pains this is a very normal thing right so camaraderie is all about pain it's all about growing it's about growing pains and having learning etc and that is where camaraderie comes from right another form of camaraderie out there is something called duality duality is what socionics would teach as the absolute best compatibility for uh, lovers in a, in a sexual relationship. This is categorically false. This is absolutely false, okay? Compatibility is where it's at. Compatibility is, is ideal. And if we're going to use an example uh, of that, let's, 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 uh, let's open up this thing right here and uh let's uh, go to an awesome website this is one of the websites that my mentors both of them taught me a lot about type from it's a very old site it's called typelogic.com you guys could check it out sometimes but let's let's uh, let's look at my type the entp here decent uh you know very old things i i horribly disagree with a lot of the things thomas edison was not an entp that's that's bs george carlin absolutely was so also is weird al alfred hitchcock was actually an intp tom hanks is not an entp i reject that entirely matthew perry chandler and friends he is an entp and so also rodney dangerfield i think is actually an intj and then there's rachel ray uh who could be an entj but she might be an entp i'm not sure but this is one of the tools that my mentors used to teach me years and years ago. Well, what's really cool about typelogic.com is that they have this section called type relationships for ENTPs. And uh, you have lots of different uh, you know, things in here. But I, wanna, I want you to look at contrast. And this is uh, someone else's, um, you know, you have pedagogue right here. So pedagogue, boom, 
and that's obviously the INFJ. The pedagogue of the ENTP is the INFJ, right? And uh, but then you look at contrast, right? Oh, you have PAL right here. Uh, my my mentors initially believed that PAL was like highest compatibility. You no, know, that's an INTP. No thanks, you know. But INTJ, INTJ is also known as the contrast, and the contrast is absolutely you know highest compatibility basically. But if you were to look at like from a socionic standpoint, they would say that the ISFJ is is even bigger. So let's let's look at what the ISFJ is according to this model. Is that the novelty? Nope. Uh, it's interesting. ENTPs and ISFPs see each other as pretty novel. That, that's that's for sure. There's the counterpart, uh, which is ISTP. Yeah, it's pretty pretty. Uh, you know, counterpart tribesman. I think is. Oop, no, that's INFP. I guess that's not. Advisor. That's ENFJ. Okay. Companion. ENFP. Mm, nah, no, I don't think so. Sweet mate. That's ESTJ. Probably not. A supplement, okay, ESFJ. Complement is ENTJ. Okay, fair enough. This one should be ISTJ, which is cohort. And uh, dang, where is it? Uh, PAL complement. Identity is your own type. Um, companion, ENFP, no. Uh, it's not tribesman. Neighbor, there we go. Neighbor, so. I'm married to my neighbor because she's an ESTP. Counterpart, that's not it. Enigma should be ESFP if I remember. I am missing one. Which one have I not clicked on? It's not advisor. It's not It's not cohort. It's not sweet mate. It's, oh, it's Onima. That's correct. Onima. Okay, so let's close all this. Ding, 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 ding. So the ISFJ, the Anima. So the Anima is your subconscious. It's also known as your polar opposite. And when you look at things, you know, from a from a compatibility standpoint, you will see that there is absolutely no way that these functions can work because you can actually look at it here. You know, within this model, basically, you already know you already know that uh, extroverted sensing is trying really hard to get introverted sensing, right? But introverted sensing doesn't really want to have anything to do with itself. You know, just because it's on an axis with NE and SI, etc., doesn't mean like it's good, right? It wants to go all the way across in this direction towards it doesn't want to have to like go to all the effort to try to meet them in other places because then, you know, obviously between an ISFJ and an ENTP, there's not any compatibility whatsoever because an ISFJ is another fellow SI user and can't make that SI comfortable, right? So it ends up becoming a serious problem over time. And this is why it's not ideal for, you know, this kind of relationship. And it's why it's not going to have a relationship. This is why, you know, compatibility is best and camaraderie, which is what socionics is preaching, is absolute bullshit. Duality is bullshit. Do not use duality for your sexual relationships. You will fail. You will have a bad life. Do not do it. Socionics is wrong. They are flat out wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. I don't care if you try to talk to me about, well, you know, they're, the last letter of the four digits is different, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? There's so many people that interpret that differently with socionics that there is no, like, 
what is the true socionic standard? But even if I and I did find this true socionic standard, the, stu, the true standard is is that duality is the best, and the ENTP should be with an ISFJ. No, not for sexuality. You know, remember for love and friendship, compatibility absolutely needs to get to that point where it's like, okay, yeah, hey, you know, this is important, but it's not. It's 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 really not. It's really frustrating. And it's just not, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work at all. So beyond that, you have to take it to a different level. You have to realize what these relationships are for. Because when you're going to look at, let's, uh, let's adjust the, um, um, let's adjust the, uh, let's adjust the whiteboard here. Let's, let's look at, let's look at some types. Okay. Let's look at, uh, so we have a type here, okay, and let's use, gosh, what type should I use? Let's, let's do an INFP, okay, let's do, let's do an INFP, all right, so we're going to do an INFP right here, and oops, I, no, gosh, stop, stop, no, all right, um, let's actually do it a little bit different. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna look at INFPs. We're gonna pick on INFPs a little bit here in a nice way. Uh, so we have INFP, and then we have ENFJ, and then we have um, ISTP, and then we have ESTJ. Okay, so this is an INFP person right here. That's pretty cool. Got ourselves an INFP, and let's do let's do another person right down here. Let's make it an ESTJ. So let's uh, let's use blue for that. We're going to use ESTJ, and then we're going to use uh, ISTP, and then we're going to use ENFJ. I'm going to teach you a lesson. All right, and then uh, we're going to have INFP right here. Okay, so they're in the same quadra. That's awesome. Then we're going to do another type. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. So we're going to circle this one out here too, because this is their own person. And then we're going to go to this one. We're going to make this one an ENFJ. Okay. Okay. And then this one will have an INFP. This will be an ESTJ. And then this will be an ISTP. Awesome. Okay. So we got three human beings right here. There's their minds, you know, on paper, essentially. So we got three human beings within this model. And that's where uh, they come from. Oh, see, look, Tanya's here in the live stream chat. No, I didn't ban her. So, like, seriously, stop saying I banned her. Like, I didn't ban her. She's right there. Hello, Tanya. It's cool. So, anyway, so let's let's talk about what's happening. Let's use some cool rainbow ink for this. Uh, but so we're gonna start. We're gonna start with an INFP here. So INFPs have this thing where they like, uh, you know, they uh, they want to find things out. They want to find people. So we're going to put in, um, so this is their comrade right here. Very comrade because they're in the same quadra, right? Uh, and then also themselves, if they meet themselves, they're also comrades. They got high camaraderie. But down here, you have compatible. That's their golden pair is their shadow, right? These are compatible. 
ISTP, slightly compatible. Technically, it is compatible, even though it's not ideal for a relationship. So it's there, which basically means this is used for learning, learning, okay? So that's for learning. And then this is used for, these types here are used for love and friendship, okay? But then we have this thing called cognitive projection, right? We have this thing called projection. So cognitive projection, projection is a thing. So what a person does for cognitive projection, and I've talked about this before, is that they literally take one of the four sides of their minds and they project their ego and they also project um, their subconscious onto other people. And they compare their ego and they compare their, um, so it's, it's literally comparing. They're comparing their ego and they're comparing their subconscious to the behavior of other people. Why? Why are they doing this? Because they're trying to identify people to learn from, okay, right? Uh, and their brain is literally looking for teachers consistently. The human brain is predisposed to finding teachers. That's what it does. That's what it's for. And it uses, and cognitive projection does this to find people who are highly, have high camaraderie with, which actually comes from, they want to identify the quadra, their camaraderie quadra, the same quadra, right? However, when they're using cognitive projection, they're going to use their unconscious and their super ego to, again, compare people. So we need some more comparing over here, right? We're comparing now. That's awesome. Unconscious, super ego for more comparing. And uh, basically going to find people um, to, uh, oh, green ink. We're going to find people to love. Um, or friendly people, okay? And it's from their opposite quadra provides this. Now, granted, there's two other quadras which has, you know, half compatibility, half camaraderie, and then half camaraderie and half compatibility. But this is why this exists. So just want to lightly touch on cognitive projection here to kind of show you folks how this works. Cognitive projection exists for people with the four sides of the mind to find these things. So let's go back to our rainbow ink. Okay, I need to find someone to learn from. I am INFP mode, so I'm gonna go look at this person over here. Ooh, this is very nice, this is very nice. Maybe I'd be in sexual relationship with this person. Mmm, yeah. Oh yeah, we're, we're doing good here, you know? Great. But then they project down here, Oh crap, this person's a meanie. This person's evil. I hate them. But they're also right. Maybe I should learn from them. Maybe they could be my teacher. Right? And this is how the human brain establishes relationships with other people. And it's through this process of cognitive projection. That's what this means. Okay? So, people do this because... The human brain is literally trying to identify who it can learn and grow from, you know, 
love and friendship, learn and grow. It's just, it's really painful. Now, socionics will tell you that your highest sexual compatibility comes from your highest camaraderie, which is duality, which is a lie. It's completely backwards. It's false. They don't know what they're talking about. Avoid socionics in that area. They don't know anything about relationships in terms of socionics. They just don't. Uh, they know a lot more about other things like Rhine and dichotomies, which are pretty cool. Uh, and uh, they have pretty good descriptions of relationships between certain types but in terms of their recommendations for sexuality don't listen to socionics there it's one of, it is their weakest area because it's wrong so it's not a thing so yeah uh it's a problem so that's what you guys got to understand so camaraderie you know, the difference between compatibility and camaraderie is that compatibility is for identifying love and friendship through cognitive projection. And camaraderie is utilized for understanding who can I learn from? Who can I grow from? And it literally is just answering these questions. Uh, who can I love? Uh, or who can I, um, who can I respect, basically? Who can I love? Who can I respect, right? And compatibility, also known as synchronicity, compatibility, and then camaraderie. But another way of looking at compatibility versus camaraderie using our cognitive terminology that's cognitive synchronicity and then this is cognitive asynchronicity So season 25, we're going to be understanding the relationships. It's going to be a quick season. We're going to be understanding the relationships between uh, the individual cognitive functions and uh, where they are in terms of synchronicity, asynchronicity. But we're going to be heavily delving into asynchronicity about eight, four out of five times throughout this lecture series. We're going to be discussing asynchronicity and why it's important and how the learning and growth actually works between each of the functions. But like I said, folks, the whole point of this, in terms of our minds, the whole point of cognitive projection, for example, is to learn who can I love? Who can I respect? There's also some negative aspects of cognitive projection because through cognitive projection, then you have like vicarious living, etc., and how that works. So, Yes, sex is definitely a part of compatibility. It's very important. So, um, people can project their superego. Yes, they can. So anyway, folks, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, let's move on into Q&A at this time. Question and answers relating to this particular lecture, since we're in basically a classroom setting right now. Uh, if you would like to uh, please keep the questions related to this topic, what is the difference between compatibility and camaraderie? Uh, season 25, episode one for cognitive synchronicity, this new series, 
and we will have eight more episodes left in this lecture series and it will be made publicly available here uh, on YouTube and then we'll be launching into a lecture series of duality which will also be publicly available here on YouTube as well so um, okay uh, interesting I could go with an ESTJ any day okay sure um, I never saw Amartaj's question. Um, yes, they are a golden pair, Raka. And Pedagogue is half compatibility, half camaraderie. And that's why I think it's a very useful uh, thing. Okay. Um, why do I get all domestic when I'm in a happy relationship? My apartment looks like Cupid threw up. Uh, I don't know. Probably because that's what happens to women when they're in love. Zerhat, hello. Any info regarding whether an INFP will be more jealous of an ESTJ regarding a potential uh, ENFJ partner or vice versa? Yes, an INFP would be more jealous because they're interest-based, whereas the ESTJ is more systematic. Is a golden pair more trustful of one another than a bronze or silver? Actually, I think a bronze pair is way more trustful uh, than uh, than a uh, gold and silver. I think bronze, silver, and then gold in that order. So basically backwards is where the trust is, basically. Okay. Um, do you think that an ENTJ, for example, mimic FE? Okay, what does that have to do with this lecture? Please keep the questions uh, on point, on topic. How can you make an ESFP develop romantic feelings for an ENTP? We are compatible, why isn't his feelings there? Uh, I'd avoid having superego relationships because they default oftentimes to look at the other person as um, 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 childish, basically. Jay Patel, my man, does age matter more for camaraderie? Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Actually, age matters both for compatibility and camaraderie. Uh, in terms of age, if you're just looking for friends, it's better from a compatibility standpoint to be to have your age closer. If you are in a love relationship with a compatible type of the opposite sex, you want there to be an age gap. An age gap, and usually the bigger the age gap, the better uh, between uh, opposite sexes in a love and romance sexual relationship. In terms of friends, though, usually having friends of the same age group is somewhat beneficial, but it can lead to an echo chamber. So use like the 80/20 rule on that in terms of friends, basically. If you're going to look at camaraderie, uh, in terms of someone who has a camaraderie relationship where you are the person respecting them, you'll want to be significantly younger than that person. If you're in a camaraderie situation where, uh, you know, where you're the master, basically, you're going to be want to be significantly older. It's it's basically camaraderie has that relationship between master and student, basically, or teacher and student. The teacher needs to be significantly older than the student, basically, and keep. So that's how age works from a camaraderie standpoint. Uh, can I go over which types would be best for each football position? Maybe I don't know enough about football to make that judgment, though. Um, 
it is not strange to want a relationship with your pedagogue because of camaraderie. We explore this heavily in season 14, episodes 9 through 16, which is available at csjoseph.life forward slash members. Just become a member and you can get uh, episodes 9 through 16. Just fine. Uh, why does everything I verify contradict CS Joseph? Probably because you don't understand the type grid and you're using your expert thinking to look at everyone else's incorrect information and comparing it to mine. And that's probably why. Um, Stephanie DeLima says, how can learning pairings such as pedagogues create more harmony and void dislike and distrust? Uh, if you're in a pedagogue relationship, uh, and you are able to have a sexual relationship with that person, take it to the bedroom. If you're not able to take it to the bedroom, then I suggest you learn what needs to be done. You look at your cognitive functions, find out what the other person's highest need is, which are basically their inferior functions. And then their second highest need would be their child functions, basically. So like if you're an INFJ, the ENTP would have to know how to listen to you, even if they disagree. You just can't, you just make sure that when you say listen, just because listening is not hearing and doing at the same time, listening is just hearing. Yeah, I heard you. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it though. You see what I'm saying? So when you say listen, like you can't, you, you can't covert contract an action out of that. That's one thing that needs to be done. So the ENTP has to learn how to listen to you even if the ENTP disagrees with you and be willing to trial and error some of your suggestions, even if they disagree with them. And But just know full well, if they trial and error your suggestions, that ENTP will throw it in your face and tell you how much of a failure you are to your face because it's like, I listened to you and I got screwed and that's your fault. So maybe next time you shouldn't share your thoughts and actually verify that your advice actually works before expecting me or telling me what your advice is, little INFJ, right? So keep that in mind. Um, what the ENTP needs uh, from the INFJ is that the INFJ has to learn how to show the ENTP gratitude, even if the INFJ doesn't think the ENTP deserves it, right? So you got to learn how to do it that way from a from a, a, a compatibility or you know a pedagogue point of view. Um, okay. Um, why is gold ideal if they lack trust? Because it creates more conflict that leads to more suffering, which leads to more wisdom, and that because of that you guys can see each other so well. In the long run, it's the better relationship. All right. Um, who knows? I lost my place. Amartage, my question was, if someone is unconscious focused for a long time, can they be in a successful relationship with their own quadrant because they got used to their unconscious? No. The answer to that's no. Really no. Uh, how do I know for a fact that I'm a certain type? I don't know. Use the type grid. How do you develop resilience to stay around demagogue pairing? Uh, seems like they would trigger each other. Um, Basically, it comes from showing respect. I mean, showing love is the key to compatibility, but camaraderie is showing respect. Respect is everything to camaraderie. Uh, and that's that's where that comes from. Respect is absolutely everything. Um, if you fight with someone and they try to destroy you, how can you learn from them? ENTJ and INTJ, for example, unless you're learning the art of war. But again, it comes down to respect. Are you showing like, 
respect is the glue that keeps camaraderie together. That's what it is. Check the dictionary for us live. Uh, I think you have the terms backwards, but it's going to ruin your lecture because many might not follow when you're crossing the words. Okay, are you talking about compatibility versus camaraderie? I don't know what you're saying. In, and which dictionary are you using, by the way? Because Webster's is not good enough. In compatibility relations, is it possible that a person can try and project themselves on their partner uh, to form a uh, camaraderie of relationship causing uh, stress? It can. It can happen, yes, because they're expecting too much from one person, basically. So yes, and that's very common in uh, monogamous relationships. Thank you for asking that question, Daryl. Uh, okay, uh, is projecting always using the language to compare a person with another one? It can, doesn't have to though. Uh, stellar memer are silver pairs with different nurture. The term opposites attract come from? No, I'd say camaraderie is. Uh, considering men value respect like women value love in a relationship, how does compatible love work in that order or is it only in camaraderie? R.B. Cooper, it is not that, uh, it is a dynamic, it is not static like that. You have to see the genders as a layer to our psyche. It is its own layer and it has its own rules, which over time creates an amalgamation of what a human being is. So it's not that static, right? So camaraderie, which is all about respect, compatibility, which is all about love and friendship, right? Yes women value being loved more than men do men value being respected more than love do but we still have our anima and our animus sides our subconscious basically that helps bring those female and male traits into balance within our own selves this is why something like camaraderie and uh, compatibility can actually exist all right our estj and intj camaraderie well they're half camaraderie and half uh, compatibility Easiest way to figure out your pedagogue. Uh, it's the type that's highest sexual compatibility with you, but really low emotional compatibility with you. Uh, okay. Um, did you have any ENTP masters? Yes, I've had a few ENTP masters. Why does CS Joseph thinks he's more accurate in typing than an INTP? I don't know. You tell me, Ezzy. You tell me. Uh, yummy Anna, how does someone trapped in their unconscious affect camaraderie and compatibility with others? Uh, it still doesn't really affect it because as long as they're getting away from the source that's causing them to be in their, um, um, that's causing them to be stuck in that side of their mind, it's really not that big of a deal. It's not that big of an issue. Let's see here. Let me actually adjust my camera angle so it's like not terrible. All right, cool. Okay, uh, okay. Um, is the cat still there? Yes, she's in her basket. Um, how likely is it for INFPs? Oh, lost my place. Cause the inf uh, let's see here. Okay, um, dang. Don't ask questions about the test, please. Let's keep it on topic. 
is in camaraderie relationships should the students stay in their ego or transition uh showing respect sometimes requires cognitive transition so thank you danelle s for uh answering that question um okay uh struggling on a golden pair relationship why don't intgs get well more with isfps because they're both competing they're both competing uh, that's called conflict types. Conflict types are it's you're in the same quadra, but you either share the same extroversion or the same introversion. That's conflict types, and it can actually be a lot more dangerous uh, between those two, even more so than their absolute polar opposite. Okay. Um, does anyone know INTJ's camaraderie types? Yeah, all of the Wayfarers. Um, okay. Uh, Okay, uh, don't know. How do I start an organized rebellion against the lockdown so they reopen the gyms? I, I don't know. That's up to you. Uh, what is the difference between a relationship between your dual or your shadow? Uh, we'll be talking about that in, a later, uh, in later lectures. Respect is arbitrary. Sure it is. Uh, we, can't, we can't describe it, but we know it when we see it. Freud and others speak on one desiring a spouse that represents their opposite sex parent. Do you think there is substance to this? No, I don't. I do not think there's substance to that at all. Uh, but, okay, apparently. Okay. Uh, if women look for love more, would they look for compatible relationships more than men? No. No, I already answered that question, Jay. I already answered that question. Um, okay, uh, does music preference differ based on types? Yes, it does. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'm probably going to stop the stream then because we can't stay on topic. Rogue Therapist. I love Rogue Therapist. Does anyone have offhand the code pattern for golden pairs cognitive function-wise? I know it's in a prior season, but I was hoping to get a quick answer. It's season 14. Uh... It's not ENTP and INFJ, it's ENTP and INTJ, Rogue Therapist. Um, okay, um, do people get banned on the Facebook group after a warning or sometimes if someone is too disrespectful? Yeah, we do that. Sometimes we put them on read-only or uh, their post-approval. Again, that's not relevant. Um, okay. Uh, Um, okay, uh, yeah, it's all good, Lorenzo, I understand. What's the definition of a golden pair in contrast to a pedagogue relationship? This is explored heavily in season 14. Please watch season 14 uh, in that. They have they both have highest sexual compatibility one of them has highest emotional compatibility one of them is not that's the definition uh so yeah uh okay entp entj relationship yeah that works it works great it's a silver pair uh how does an istp now we're we'll talk about that in a later lecture Okay, can a person do more harm than good by surrounding themselves with too many of golden pair, not enough learning relationships? Absolutely. They're at risk of creating ignorance for themselves by enabling. If you're around too many compatible types, you're going to be enabled. 
you need to be around camaraderie types so that you aren't being enabled. And that's really important. So keep that in mind. Uh, okay. Um, why would an INFJ seem to pretend befriend ISFPs? Because they have high emotional compatibility. Um, that's why. All right, cool. Can we project your superego too? I, I already answered that, Tanya, and yes, you can. Okay. Uh, all right. Will this series be going through each type in relation to the topic? Yeah, but not this season. A different one, actually. So. Okay. Uh, why INTJ can't find really close people? Because the INTJ would have to go outside. That's why. Okay. I already answered that question in the past, Armitage. You're gonna to need to watch season 12 for that answer. Uh, that play, that playlist. Uh, what is more volatile, the ending of a compatible relationship or a camaraderie relationship? Probably the compatible relationship. Okay. Uh, Tanya, I answered that. Yes, we can project our superego for the third time. How well does INTP and INFJ work together? They're a benefactor relationship, so pretty decent. Are an ENTJ and INTJ camaraderie types? Yes, they are. Okay. And looks like that is about it. All right. I'm going to cut down this live stream to size and uh, rename it and uh, put it out there again. So. Thank you all uh, for this, and uh, we'll get it re-released for everyone to watch, etc. So, what is the limit of camaraderie when the relationship gets competitive? Well, uh, probably to a fist fight. So be careful, unless you know. Remember, respect always has to be shown. So someone is going to have to be the respecter and the respectee. How much does mature genders have to do with? learning relationships a lot to do it because you have to show respect you have to show respect to the cult of the mature masculine or you have to show respect to the cartel of the mature feminine one of the two uh, how would you consider putting out content for sale of all types and i dude it's amy like there is a lot of content that is for sale at csjoseph.life forward slash members or if you want to see every if you want to see the entire menu of everything that's for sale from csjoseph.life it's csjoseph.life forward slash portal go to the portal it has literally all the things in one place so you got that all right um no it cannot be harmful for a person to be surrounded by too many camaraderie relationships i don't think so they're not going to enable you uh could you type me with only clues from my YouTube channel? I probably could. How can you develop respect for your subconscious? Uh, learning, trial and error, learning from other people's mistakes. It's just literally just personal growth. So, anywho, uh, with all that being said, folks, I'll see you guys uh, next time, maybe even tonight. So, see you then. Later.